You are Locked On MLB, your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast where we talk about all of Major League Baseball, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am dropping this episode on the 19th day of November 2019, and it's going to be part of my conversation with podcaster Brad Mendenhall. This show is available on the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Podbeam, all the places where you get podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at LockedOnMLB. You can also get in your car and tell your smart device to play podcast LockedOnMLB. I personally am at Sully Baseball on Twitter and Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Let me tell you what I'm going to do today. Uh, I am in putting together a pretty exciting new podcast project for the off-season where I'm going to be breaking down the movie Bull Durham one minute at a time. It's part of this wonderful series of podcasts that I am now going to join where basically there are movie buffs and we talk about movies and we discuss films. We break it down a minute at a time and by the end of the podcast you have a really intense love and deeper understanding of all the films or you're just hanging out with a bunch of people who just love talking about a specific film i've been on the raiders of the lost ark one aliens uh what i've been on toy story i've been on rocky i'm in star trek a lot of terrific films i've been the on the minute by minute podcast four i'm doing mine on bull durham that I've been recording and have some pretty cool guests on it. And one of them was Brad Bedenhall, who's one of the creators of the Cosmic Geppetto podcast. And while we were doing our episode of Boulder Minute, I realized we had a few tangents that we went on that really didn't have anything to do with the movie. It really didn't fit the podcast itself, but were kind of fun discussions about baseball that I felt would work fine as an off-season episode of Locked On MLB. So, in this first part, we talk a little bit about Brad Bendenhall growing up as a Philadelphia Phillies fan and where the conversation took us. Um, where are you based on the planet? Uh, uh, a little north of Baltimore in a little town called New Freedom, PA. Okay, there you go. Uh, also you know, a big baseball fan, so I'm a Phillies guy. Okay, there you go. Uh, I always, the Phillies were one of my favorite teams growing up because I had cousins who were, um, who grew up in Wilmington. Mm. And so I wound up, it never occurred to me the Red Sox could even make the playoffs growing up, um, let alone win a World Series. So I just thought how the season worked was you played 162 games. And at the end of the year, the Phillies, Dodgers, Royals, and Yankees were allowed to play in the playoffs. <laughs> And uh, those are, it was like an invitational thing. And then I realized eventually that, no, it actually depends on where you finish. And, like, I was first becoming aware of baseball in 1978, and the cards, oh. the baseball cards showed, like, the playoffs in the previous year, which were the Yankees versus the Royals and the Phillies versus L.A. And the end of the year, the playoffs were the Yankees versus the Royals and the Phillies versus L.A. And I think, well, that's how, it, how every year ends. And I didn't realize the Red Sox were in a one of the greatest pennant chases of all time. I just felt they play these games, but they're not allowed to play in the playoffs because the Yankees are. And then the next year, 79, was really the first year I followed start to finish. I was seven. And the it was 
Pittsburgh versus Cincinnati, Baltimore versus the California Angels. And it, that was the year it was like, oh, you're allowed to have other teams. And the next year it was the Yankees versus the Royals and the Phillies versus the Astros, almost the Dodgers. The Dodgers lost the playoff series. But, um, but it was like three of the first four years I followed baseball, it was almost the same teams every year. And my cousins rooted for the Phillies, so I figured they were the team I was allowed to root for in the playoffs. So. Well, it was an amazing team because, you know, Mike Schmidt, Steve Carlton, Pete Rose. It really wasn't the Pete Rose that people think of, but he was still yeah, a personality. They needed a player like Rose on that team because they had kept falling short. The team that actually won the World Series in 1980 statistically was not as good as the team that lost the playoffs in 77. Mm-hmm. They, they should have beaten L.A., and gone to the World Series that year. And there was this sense that the Phillies were this type of team that was good enough to get to the playoffs, but not good enough to get over the hump, that they choked in the big game. And in 1980, it looked like it was going to be that all over. But they need they changed the manager, and they brought in Pete Rose to sort of say, okay, we need someone to shake this team up a little bit. Right. And they actually were trailing. They were in third place for a big chunk of 1980. And they wound up leapfrogging the Pirates. And then finally, the last week in the season, uh, they beat the Montreal Expos, who were, had a tremendous team, and snuck in. Then they won the greatest NLCS of all time against the Houston Astros. I have no compunction calling out the greatest best of five series ever played. The last four games were extra innings. Um, and... In two straight games, the Houston Astros were one hit away from going to the World Series. And they had the lead in the eighth inning of game five with Nolan Ryan on the mound. And somehow they tied the game and wound up winning in the next innings. And then they beat the, the Royals in the World Series in a interesting trivia question. When was the last time the World Series was played between two franchises who had never won the World Series. And it was 1980. The Phillies had never won. The Royals had never won. So it was the last time it was two teams that had never won matching up in the World Series. My God, is that? Wow. Yep. Yep. Huh. yep that's, that's, that's a that, great trivia question. Uh, yeah, and I, I, you can stump them. I like the previous one before that was something like 1920. Yeah, it was something, it was something ridiculous. Um, uh, because there was always one team that had won, you know, whether it was the Yankees or the Giants or the Cardinals or some team always managed to be in that. Um, and the first time a world series was played by teams that were created after expansion. So every, the first time it was between two franchises that were created after 1961 Mm -hmm. was in 2015 where the Mets played the Royals. It had never happened before. There was always one original franchise sometimes a moved franchise, but an original franchise. And the second time it happened was this year between Washington and Houston. That was a little bit of Brad Mendenhall, who is the co-creator and co-host of the Cosmic Geppetto podcast, talking a little bit about his Philadelphia Philly fandom. We, because it's a, a Bull Durham podcast, we talked about minor league baseball and our love for minor league baseball. And we talked a little bit about that and got into some memories. But first, I want to just ask you guys, were you the kind of person who 
didn't think they needed help in the sexual department. Let me let me use a baseball metaphor. Were you like a pitcher who used to go deep in the games? You didn't need relief. No pitch counts. You went nine. Do you find yourself tiring out? Are you like a one-out situational reliever now? Do you need something to increase your stamina and get a few complete games and have the confidence your partner won't be looking to bullpen to bring in someone else? Then try Blue Chew. Blue's in the color blue. It is the first chewable with the same FDA-approved ingredient as Viagra and Cialis. You know it's legit. Take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach, in traffic after a Dodger game. I don't judge. They work twice as fast as the pill, so you won't need to warm up in the bullpen as long to get into the game. We baseball fans love performance-enhancing drugs, and this one works. You can even use it in Cooperstown. They won't test you. It's prescribed online and ships straight to you in a discreet package. No in-person doctor visit, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since they prepare and ship direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we have a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use the promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB. Try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, faster, and cheaper choice. Thank you for sponsoring the Locked On MLB podcast. Well, this is a little more of my conversation with podcaster Brad Mendenhall, co-creator of the Cosmic Geppetto podcast. And these are outtakes from the upcoming Bull Durham Minute podcast that I'm producing. And in this one, because... It's a film about minor league baseball. We start talking about our love for minor league baseball, and I shared an anecdote. I'm currently wearing my Spokane Indians hat. I've been to the scene. I've seen the Spokane Indians play. Uh, I used to, when I was in high school. I was I went to a high school near San Francisco, and when I was there in the in the mid to late '80s, I used to go to San Jose Giants games, and the San Jose Giants still play in an old rickety park similar to the park in Bull Durham, and they had and they still have it there, a great barbecue, like people just flipping burgers and you go up there and you get your barbecued, you know, ribs or burgers or whatever. And you sit out there and you watch your game. And back in 1988, I went to see the San Jose Giants play the San Bernardino Spirit, a single A, similar to Bull Durham, single A, California League. And the center fielder for the San Bernardino Spirit, I got his autograph, struck up a nice conversation with him. And his name was Ken Griffey Jr. And, oh dear! And uh, I, you know, I had heard that Ken Griffey's son got drafted, and I heard he was pretty good. And I said, my, I went to tons of games with my dad, and I said, Dad, let's go, let's go check to see how good he is. And he hit like two triples, and he threw out a guy rounding first on a single from center field, just sort of pegged him. And uh, I asked Ken Griffey Jr. the dumbest question he's ever been asked, which was. So you're Ken Griffey's son. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know. and, and, and let me tell you how cool he was. I mean, he was, he was 18. I was 15. So we're almost the same age. And instead of laughing me off, he said, hey, have you ever seen the footage of the 75 World Series? I'm going, yeah, I'm a Red Sox fan. I've seen that. And he said, if you look there, me and my brother are in little Reds uniforms. We're sitting in the dugout. And I'm like, oh man. And he was, he, we chatted for a few minutes. He signed, I had a copy of Baseball America. He signed it. And as he was getting on the bus, I said to him, hey man, the Mariners need you. And he looked back at me and he said, I know. And, uh, and the next year he was in the majors uh, and, and had the Hall of Fame career. But he was so just fun and charming 
and like signing autographs, chatting with people. I'm like, like what you'd want, you know, what you fantasize a player to act like. And that when you saw him play and he was like, he was always seen with enthusiasm and smiling and great fun and joy at least before he started, body started breaking down when he was in Cincinnati. But um, he, I always, he was always one of my favorite players just because I said, I saw him when he was a minor leaguer and he was the man. He knew he was the man and he was having fun. And, and, you know, I've been to a bunch of my, I stopped thinking I've been to New Haven Ravens. I've been to the New Britain Red Sox. I went to a bunch of games in the Florida League in uh, Brevard County, the Manatees there, which at the time were uh, uh, an Expos and then Nationals affiliate. Yeah, I love minor league ball, man. It's the best. Well, you know, it's funny. You bring up Griffey. What makes Ken Griffey Jr. so amazing is he had a Hall of Fame career, and you actually feel like it could have even been more because he was such a great player. And he also had a lot of the intangibles. Good-looking yeah. guy, great smile, uh, really engaging. But then uh, he he was a guy that you thought was going to possibly break the Hank Aaron's record and do it the way Hank Aaron did with a lot of 28 to 35-year uh, home run per season years. Yeah. Because um, he wasn't a jacked guy. Um, We're dancing around stuff. His body broke down the way bodies normally break down. He didn't suddenly get great again at 42. Right. You know, yeah. let's, let's get down. To, let's, let's just wink, wink what we're really <laughs> saying about Ken Griffey Jr. here as opposed to other players. Um, by the way, you mentioned uh, Henry Aaron. We'll get back to this minute, folks. Uh, you mentioned Henry Aaron. One of my favorite things about him, he had 755 home runs. By the way, folks, I'm doing this off of memory. But he had 755 home runs over 23 seasons between the Milwaukee and Atlanta Braves in his final two seasons as a DH for the Brewers, and which means he averaged roughly 35 homers a year. In a time when ballparks were getting bigger, he had to face the Koufaxes and the Drysdales and the Jim Bunnings and the Marichels and all of them. And he never hit 50 home runs ever in any of his seasons. So there was never that one outlier season that offset a 16 or 17 home run season. So that meant year in and year out, over 23 years, he averaged 35 home runs constantly. And, and the, my other favorite stat about him is he had um, like 3,800 3, hits, I think it was which meant that every one of his home runs were caught at the warning track, he'd still be in the Hall of Fame. He would still have over 3,000 hits. And uh, it's Henry Aaron, folks, somehow underrated. So. Yeah, and what's crazy is doing that, and you don't understand, it's impossible for us to really appreciate the social pressure he was under. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. The... the you know, America was very different then, and then him going after Babe Ruth's record, and as hollowed as that was, um, you you can see when um, I just recently was listening to a podcast about uh, the home run race between Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, right? And the pressure and the way McGuire—I mean, he was losing his hair. Yeah. Um, as was and, Roger Maris when he was chasing that too. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the amount of stress um, and 
tinge that with the the death threats and racial inequality and the way he was treated being an African-American uh, going after Babe Ruth's record. Um, just astounding. Just really astounding. Well, let me tell you one other thing that really went against the luck of Hank Aaron was he finished the 1973 season with 713 home runs, one shy of Babe Ruth. And so for the, the, the racist booger eaters who wanted to, who wanted to preserve Babe Ruth, they had a whole off season where they said, if, if we kill Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth's record lives. He's a, he's a home run short. And he wound up homering an opening day and then homered. I think it was the home opener in Atlanta. I know it was early. It was one of the early games of which Jimmy Carter was in attendance. He was, I believe he was still the governor of Georgia at the time. But yeah, I mean, imagine that whole off season, you're one homer short of tying the record. There's Hank Aaron for you. Well, thanks, Brad Mendenhall, for being part of the Locked On MLB podcast and part of the Bull Durham podcast. So I guess you're doing two podcasts in one sitting. That's how it works sometimes. I'll be giving you more information when we drop the Bull Durham podcast sometime in January. But for the time being, go to... Uh, you can go to the free and easy to use Himalaya podcasting app. Follow us on... Instagram and on Twitter at Lockdown MLB. I personally am at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Just chatting with friends on the Lockdown MLB Podcast for the 19th day of November. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.